This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. This land is your land, this land is my land, from California to the New York Islands, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. As I went walking that ribbon of highway, I saw above me that endless skyway, and I saw below me that golden valley. This land was made for you and me. I roamed and rambled, and I followed my footsteps to the sparkling sands of her diamond deserts, and all around me a voice was calling. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land, this land is my land. From California to the New York Islands, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. When the sun comes shining, then I was strolling. In the wheat fields waving, and the dust clouds rolling. The voice was chanting, as the fog was lifting. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land. This land is my land, from California to the New York Islands, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. Yes, this land was made for you and me. Well, Debbie, we have a special holiday today, 4th of July. Uh, Some people refer to this as Independence Day. I can't help but to uh, think about Pastor Schultz on on July 4th. He always said there were three things we should do on this day. We should celebrate, we should meditate, and we should dedicate. Of course, we know what celebration is. We like to have celebrations. We like to celebrate birthdays and everything else. But then let's meditate. Let's think about what this is all about. You know, we do not have any control over where we were born. And let's just uh, give thanks to God that we were so lucky to be born and living in this great country. And then let's take time to dedicate, dedicate ourselves to be a better person than to help out the country than what we are. So let's folks today... Let's celebrate, let's meditate, and let's dedicate ourselves to being better citizens. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah, 
Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You're listening to a Neighbors United in Christ parish worship service sponsored by the Lutheran churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Pastor Greg Wilcox. Thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tag, our musicians, to Kathy Christensen, who will be reading our lessons and providing the children's message, and our recording engineer, Isaac Christensen. You're able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio, 93.1 FM, and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, You can contact us by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, or through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by my wife, Gail, and I, and we're sponsoring it in honor of our kids and our grandkids. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. We are currently in the seasons of uh, Sundays after Pentecost, And you may want to have a green cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross. You might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your at-home worship experience. And you may also want to have a Bible for yourself and or for your kids if they're part of listening in to the worship service today. As we begin worship, it's our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence, And we begin then with this invocation. 
Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. Amen. We continue then with our confession. God of goodness and mercy, help us as we open our hearts and confess our sins. We doubt your presence and activity in our lives when we are struggling, confused, or hurting. Sometimes we lack patience, assuming we know when and how all things should happen. We forget that you are faithful in your promises to us. Other times we forget how vast your love is for us, for each of your children that you have uniquely created with purpose. We are truly sorry and ask for your forgiveness. Help us to do what's right in the days to come. Surround us and renew us with your grace. Amen. Hear then this absolution. God is good and loves us unconditionally at all times and in all places. By grace we have been saved. In the name of Jesus, our sins are forgiven. Amen. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's a light for all. Look at the Savior. And life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon And the things of 
God sent his son, they called him Jesus, he came to love, heal and forgive, he lived and died, to buy my pardon, an empty grave is there to prove my Savior because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living just. Because he lives, how sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy God gives, but greater still the Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living just because he lives and then one day across the river our fight lies fine no war with pain and then as death gives way to victory I'll see the of glory and I'll know he reigns because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I know he holds the is worth the living just because he lives because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he Thanks, Jim and Debbie, for those lovely songs. Good neighbors, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please join me as we pray the prayer of the day. Let us pray. God of the covenant, in our baptism you call us to proclaim the coming of your kingdom. 
Give us the courage you gave the apostles that we may faithfully witness to your love and peace in every circumstance of life. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I encourage you now to share a sign of peace. Bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today, beginning with a touch on the forehead and use the Trinity formula, be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, I'll invite Kathy to come and read the scriptures for us and do our children's message. The first reading comes from Ezekiel, the second chapter, verses 1 through 5. When I saw this, I fell face downward on the ground. Then I heard a voice saying, Mortal man, stand up. I want to talk to you. While the voice was speaking, God's spirit entered me and raised me to my feet. And I heard the voice continue, Mortal man, I am sending you to the people of Israel. They have rebelled and turned against me and are still rebels, but they are with their ancestors there. They are stubborn and they do not respect me. So I am sending you to tell them what I, the sovereign Lord, am saying to them. Whether those rebels listen to you or not, they will know that a prophet has been among them. The psalm this morning is Psalm number 123. And it's called A Prayer for Mercy. Lord, I look up to you, up to the heavens where you rule. As a servant depends on his master, as a maid depends on her mistress, so we will keep looking to you, O Lord our God, until you have mercy on us. Be merciful to us, Lord, be merciful. We have been treated with so much contempt. We have been mocked so long by the rich and scorned by proud oppressors. And the final reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2 through 10. I know a certain Christian man who 14 years ago was snatched up, snatched up to the highest heaven. I do not know whether this actually happened or whether he had a vision only God knows. I repeat, I know that this man was snatched to paradise. Again, I do not know whether this actually happened or whether it was a vision only God knows. And there he heard things which cannot be put into words, things that human lips may not speak. So I will boast about this man, but I will not boast about myself except the things that show you how weak I am. If I wanted to boast, I would, not be a, I would not be a fool, because I would be telling the truth. I will not boast because I do not want anyone to have a higher opinion of me than he has as a result of what he has seen me do and heard me say. But to keep me from being puffed up with pride because of the many wonderful things I saw, I was given a painful physical ailment which acts as Satan's messenger to beat me and keep me from being proud. Three times I prayed to the Lord about this and asked him to take it away. But his master, his answer was, my grace is all you need, for my power is the strongest when you are weak. I am most happy then to be proud of my weaknesses in order to feel the protection of Christ's power over me. 
I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's time now to talk with the young people in the parish. Hi, guys. In that last reading that I read from Corinthians, um, did you know that this was written by a man named Paul? Paul was an apostle of Jesus. Paul wrote letters to different churches in Jesus' time to help these churches understand the teaching of Jesus. One of the churches that Paul wrote to was a group of people called the Galileans. Now, if you have your Spark Bible handy, please turn to page 550 and follow along with me as I read the story entitled, Fruit of the Spirit. Paul helped people understand how to live the way God wanted them to live. One time, Paul wrote a letter to a group of people called the Galileans. The Galileans had a new church, and they needed lots of help. One of the problems they had was they were always arguing. They fought and fought about all sorts of things. The Galileans didn't always agree about what it meant to be a church and what rules to follow. They had a hard time getting along, and it and it was getting in the way of them making a good church. Paul wrote a letter to the Galileans to tell them to stop fighting, and he had some great advice. To the Galileans, the letter said, I am so happy that you believe in Jesus, but all your fighting is getting in the way. You're not living the way the Holy Spirit tells you to live. I have a suggestion to try. Instead of living like you are, Live with the fruit of the Spirit in mind. Show love, joy, peace, and patience to one another. Be kind, generous, and faithful. And remember, be gentle with one another and always show good self-control. Live with the fruit of the Spirit in mind. That's the way the Holy Spirit wants you to live. The Galileans looked at each other. They were very quiet. Paul was right. They weren't living the way the Holy Spirit wanted them to. They were thinking, all this fighting is just not right. At the end of his letter, Paul wrote, the way for you to get along and be a church is to let God's love fill you. May the grace of God be with you. Paul. Each day, the Galileans tried to remember the words of Paul's letters. They said yes to peace and no to fighting, yes to kindness and no to anger, yes to being generous and no to being greedy. Little by little, the Galileans saw God's love and showed it to others. They felt loved by God and they loved each other. Now that's a good story, right? I think when we look at our lives, we can sometimes be just like those Galileans before they wrote Paul, before they could read Paul's letter. Fighting, arguing, telling lies. But just like these Galileans, we can turn our lives around. We need to live with the fruit of the Spirit in our mind, the way the Holy Spirit wants us to live. 
We need to show our love and our joy and our peace and our patience to one another. We need to be kind and generous and faithful. Remember, we have to be gentle with one another and show good self-control. The Holy Spirit will help us do these things. So the next time the fighting starts, say no to it and say yes to that peace. When you start to feel anger, say no and yes to being kind. When you feel like being greedy, say no and say yes to being generous. The Holy Spirit will help you know God's love and you in turn can show that love to others. So let us pray. Dear God, thank you for giving us the fruit of spirits. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Help us to pass these fruits along to others. In your name, amen. The gospel lesson for this Sunday is from the gospel according to Mark. The sixth chapter, beginning with verse uh, one. He, Jesus, left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor except in their hometown, and among their own kin, and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, next year, 2022 will mark the 50th anniversary of my graduation from high school. That milestone is just one more reminder of how old I'm getting to be. I've gone to a few of my house high school reunions through the years. The early ones, 10, 15, 20 years, were marked by some sense of both curiosity and competition with my 1972 classmates. We were interested in, and dreading, I suppose, how our classmates were doing. The advanced degrees, the successes in one career or another, the pictures of smiling kids who were all doing well in school, the honors received, the accomplishments listed, and so on. Now I imagine a much different perspective as our 50th high school reunion approaches. Just making it to this reunion is an accomplishment of sorts. 
and I suspect our conversation will be about retirement and who has had a knee replaced and comparing the variety of medications we're all on. But one thing hasn't changed through the years and the variety of reunions that I've been to. People have kept their high school personas no matter what has happened, no matter how much they have done or accomplished through all the intervening years. And so Richard is still the class clown and Steve is the star athlete. Jill is the bubbly cheerleader and Linda is the brainy girl who knows all the answers, no matter what class she's in. Each one is remembered and remarked on according to who they were in high school, not according to who they have become. And it is just so for Jesus in our gospel lesson today. He's not at a high school reunion, of course, but in the midst of his growing and powerful earthly ministry, for instance, in the verses right before our gospel text today, he brought a dead girl back to life. In the midst of his growing fame and influence, he returns to his hometown, to Nazareth. And what Jesus discovers is what Richard and Steve and Jill and Linda all discovered that he, like them, is remembered for who he was. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? He's not remembered for who he has become, the master, the teacher, the healer. He's not remembered for his much, much deeper identity, the son of God, the Lord, the Savior. And in these few verses, the gospel writer Mark suggests for us three really critical points to consider. The first, there are things that we as Christians, followers of Jesus, do that diminish the power of Jesus and limit his ability to change lives, to heal the sick, to bring hope to the down and desperate. We get a glimpse of that in Jesus' return to his hometown. The second point, as Jesus' followers, like those very first followers, we are called and sent. That changes the course of those first followers' lives. To the extent that you and I know we are called and sent by Jesus, it will change our lives too. The third point, what we are called and sent to do is to proclaim repentance, to fight against evil, to bring healing and hope to the sick, the lonely, the frail, the struggling. So let's look at each of those three points in a little more detail. First of all, then, what we as Christians do to diminish and undermine Jesus. Mahatma Gandhi, the great Indian leader and statesman, famously said this of Christ and Christians. And this is taken from a Christian newsletter back in the 1920s, but it's still relevant today. Gandhi says, I like your Christ, but not your Christianity. In these words, Mahatma Gandhi, the Indian leader's view of Christianity, becomes very clear. Gandhi continues to say, I believe in the teachings of Christ, but you on the other side of the world do not. I read the Bible faithfully and see little in Christendom that those who profess the faith pretend to see. The Christians, above all others, are seeking after wealth. Then a second quote, these are excerpts from a much more recent article by Leonard Pitts Jr. And he writes, and the article is entitled, The Problem with Christianity is Christians. Here's what he writes, and again, I'm just reading a few of the excerpts of this article. 
Today, we will discuss one of the most pressing threats to American Christianity, meaning, of course, American Christians. Yes, that's an overly broad statement. All those Christians who faith, whose faith requires them to live the good news, to feed the hungry, to house the homeless, to speak the, for the voiceless and welcome the stranger, surely do not threaten the faith. To the contrary, they empower it. They are what Christianity is supposed to be. But we're here to contend with what Christianity too often is. He gives a lengthy example of one of the problems with the Christian faith. I won't read that. But then he writes this. In Matthew 25, Jesus reminds his followers that whatever you did unto the least of these, you've done also unto me. It's a familiar admonition, often quoted, by, but seldom, it seems, taken seriously by many of us who call ourselves Christians. Yet if divinity identifies with the least of these, that means, does it not, that God is in the homeless man begging change at the off-ramp, the immigrant, the immigrant slogging north across the unforgiving desert, and yes, the lesbian whacked by a skateboard. Unfortunately, faith has become for many people a license to do what is easy, demonize the other, rather than an obligation to do what is hard, love your neighbor as yourself. Small wonder millions of people tell posters they've given up on organized religion. Not the search for spiritual meaning, you understand, but religion, quote, unquote. In modeling bigotry, intimidation, and violence and calling it faith, these Christians give those millions who've given up on religion no reason to reconsider. Indeed, these Christians slander what they claim to hold sacred. Christianity, after all, is the struggle to be like Christ, who famously welcomed the foreigner, the outsider, the outcast. When I don't live into or up to Christ's teachings, when I'm more interested in my own welfare than that of the hungry and homeless folks all around me, when in selfishness I turn away from the stranger, ignore the lonely, fail to see those falling through society cracks, I'm seriously diminishing the promise of Jesus. I'm limiting his power to give hope and help and healing to the down and desperate. Jesus' reception in his own hometown, the lack of belief he encountered, the cynicism of his friends and neighbors, is a cautionary tale for you and for me. When our actions and words turn people away from Jesus rather than toward him, we are keeping them from finding the hope they long for, the help they need, and the wholeness Jesus offers all who come to them. Which brings me then to the second critical point that Mark makes. As followers of Jesus, you and I are called and sent to those millions of people too often turned off by religion. What does that mean? In my family of origin, my growing up family, I had just one brother. Tim is about four and a half years older than I. Growing up, when I asked him to come home or to help me with something or even just to play with me, he wasn't remotely interested. I was his little brother and by definition, I was a pest and he would simply ignore me. But when my father said to me, go and tell Tim that it's time to come home for dinner, there was a whole new dynamic at work. Now I'd find my brother and say to him, Dad said to come home, dinner is ready. 
and though he might come grudgingly, he would always come. My father called me and entrusted this responsibility to me. My father sent me with this news for my brother. It was not my authority or power that brought my brother Tim home, no. It was the authority and power of my father, and that made all the difference. So too, you and I are called and sent by Jesus with the power and authority of our Heavenly Father. We're called and sent to a needy and broken world, to people all around us who are hungry for the good news of God's love in Jesus. So in the midst of all the stuff you have going on from day to day, getting groceries, going to work, meeting friends, weeding the garden, watching TV, answering your texts and emails and everything else you have going on from day to day, remember, in the midst of everything else, you are called and you are sent by Jesus to your neighbors and to the strangers you meet along the way, which means you have both a serious responsibility and a significant authority. Finally, the third point in these verses from Mark described what we are called and sent to say and do as Christians. First, proclaim repentance, or in a little more modern language, to let people know that they're on the wrong track, they're going the wrong direction. Cast out demons, or in a little more modern language, fight against evil and for justice. And to anoint with oil and heal the sick, or again, in more modern language, to listen carefully to the lonely, to speak softly to the broken, to pray gently with the grieving. On our recent vacation, our plane home was late in arriving. Deplaning took forever, especially since we were sitting in the very back of the plane. So we got to our gate with about, oh, 10 minutes to spare, and we had to race. Four adults, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and an infant to the gate for our connecting flight home to Sioux Falls. The gate we were leaving was about as far away from our arrival gate in the Minneapolis airport as you can imagine. Racing, but realizing we weren't sure where we were racing to. And so we stopped to ask a Delta agent and she helpfully told us that we were going the wrong direction. We were on the wrong track. It was such an incredible relief being told we were going the wrong way and being pointed in the right direction. We turned around and raced off again, making it to the gate with two minutes to spare. Collapsing in our seats on the plane, we had a wonderful feeling of relief and peace. Our work as followers of Christ is to be ready to help people who come our way, people often racing or maybe just wandering in the wrong direction. We find ways to point them to Jesus. And we do that as we listen to them and laugh with them, cry with them, pray with them, or simply be present to them. When we manage to do that, to really give ourselves away to others in need, then we're helping people reach their destination. We're helping them find their way and discover the good news of a Savior who's reaching out in love to them. We may not change the course of the many millions who have been turned off by religion, but if we can change the course of one life here and one life there, we will be living out our calling as followers of Christ. Our Heavenly Father's power and authority will be flowing through us. Amen. Amen.
sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. While we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. When we all, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all, when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Onward to the prize before us, soon his beauty we'll behold. Soon the pearly gates will open, we shall tread the streets of gold. When we all, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all, sing and shout the victory when we all when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all when we all see Jesus we sing and shout the victory We continue then with the Apostles' Creed as we confess our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, listen to your children We continue then with the prayers of the church. With all the people of God, we pray for the church, those in need, and all of God's creation. God of all, through the waters of baptism, you claim people of all races, 
ethnicities, and languages as your beloved children. Sustain the baptized and increase their faith, that your gospel may be proclaimed throughout the earth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of the heavens, your creating spirit animates the universe. We give you thanks for the moon and stars, for the planets and the Milky Way galaxy, and for all the mysteries of the cosmos that remain unknown to us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of freedom, you have liberated us from sin and death and rescue us from all forms of spiritual, social, and political oppression. Defend us from tyrants in our midst and deliver us from all forms of slavery or corruption. Direct our freedom for works of liberation and wholeness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of compassion, you became vulnerable in the person of Jesus Christ in solidarity with the disempowered. Strengthen those who are faint, give courage to those who fear, and bring wholeness to those in need. We pray especially today, Lord, for Sue Fowler, for Joanne Fowler, Christina Burgett, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Myrna Brown, Mary Greiser, Vernon Lee, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Rick Elmer, Sherm Olson, Randy Goglin, Maury and Lee Nicholson, Kirsten Overby, Andy Elmer, Debbie Teg, and Leslie. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of holiness, you send us out into the world to proclaim your love. We pray for our outreach ministries. Equip us as we leave this place to witness and serve our neighbors. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give you thanks that in every time and place you call forth prophets who move us towards freedom. Thank you for those who work for human rights, community organizers, and all who strive for liberty for all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift our prayers to you, O God, trusting in your abiding grace. Amen. We continue then with our offering part of the service. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, to your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. Continue then with our offering song. My God and I go in the field to 
together We walk and talk as good friends should and do We clasp our hands, our voices ring with laughter My God and I walk through the meadows you We clasp our hands, our voices ring with laughter My God and I walk through the meadows He tells me of the years that went before me When heavenly plans were made for me to be When all was but a dream of dim conception To come to life first word and glory see When all was but a dream of dim conception To come to life first word and glory see My God and I will go for aid together We'll walk and talk and just as good friends do This earth will pass and with it come and trifles But God and I will go This earth will pass, and with it come and trifles, but God and I will go unendingly. Thank you for whatever you're able to do in terms of donations and support for our church or for the broader ministry of Christ uh, around Wisconsin, around the country, around the world. We continue then with our offering prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we've given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit be the power that moves us. Amen. We will get ready then to do the communion part of our service. I'll invite you at this time to get uh, your bread or a wafer, whatever you might have there at home, and also grape juice or a little wine. So get that ready and we will go into our communion service. When the church celebrates Holy Communion, we gather with all saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and the love shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Hear then these words of institution. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. Do this as oft as you eat it in remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the wine and gave thanks and gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Before we actually take the bread and the wine, the body and blood of Christ, we pray together our Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. First of all, then, take the bread or the wafer, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus. This is the body of Christ broken for you. Now take the wine or the grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. Hear then the benediction as we come to the end of our service for this Sunday. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. We have our closing song at this time. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame and I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain so cherish the old rugged cross till my Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. Our pastor today is the Reverend Greg Wilcox. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. To my home far away. Where is glory forever?